0: Hey guys, welcome to the weekly podcast of Encounter Church, Sedalia, Missouri. It's our prayer that this message is a blessing and an encouragement to your life. If you want more information about Encounter Church, please go to our website, EncounterChurch.ag. Thanks again. Enjoy the message. Excited about today. How many of you are excited about today? Man, earlier this morning I was in my office, the worship team's up here preparing, they're getting things ready, and I'm praying, and I'm asking God to to pour out His Spirit. And I'm telling you, I believe He's going to do something this morning. I'm anticipating, I'm believing something's going to happen, because as I'm in my office and I'm praying and I'm, I'm seeking after Him, I feel an overwhelming rush of His presence. I believe if we will open up our hearts, I believe that if we will say, Lord, here I am, if we will make ourselves available to God, he will bring about a breakthrough in our lives. Amen? Amen? Amen. See, for too long, we've just kind of sat on the sideline and we've, we've surrendered to that issue. Now, listen carefully. We haven't surrendered the issue. We've surrendered to the issue. In other words, we've embraced it even though we don't like it, even though we don't want it, even though we don't really have a desire for it to be part of our lives. We grab a hold of it, we we bear hug it, if you would. Why? Because it's what we know. It's been a part of our lives for so many years. It's what we run back to as a fool returns to his folly. So a dog returns to his vomit, yet that's what we do as disgusting as it is, we return to that foolishness time and time again. I'm excited about this series that we're in, week two of a brand new series that we're processing verse by verse and and chapter by chapter of the book of Romans in a series that we're simply calling Breakthrough. Live by faith, advance with grace. Live by faith, advance with grace with grace and I truly hope and I I truly desire that by the time we get to the backside of this series that you have begun to allow God to take you from where you are to where he'd have you to be. You see, I believe that where God would have you to be is at a much better place than where you've landed by yourself. I had two amens from that this morning. Let me say it again, because I believe if we would let that sink in, it will really resonate. I truly believe that that God has a better place for you and for me than that which we've allowed ourselves to take root by ourselves. If we will truly surrender to him, he will help us to live by faith and advance with grace. Now, through this series, I want to encourage you to open up your Bibles throughout the week. I know that's a crazy thought. You're like, I only open my Bible on a Sunday morning, pastor, that's the only time I pick it up. Well, shame on you. I wanna challenge you, pick this thing up during the week, read along with us. This morning we're gonna wrap up chapter one, next week we're gonna look at chapter two, the next week we're gonna look at chapter three, and the next week chapter, you guys are quick this morning (laughs) nothing gets past encounter church folk i want to encourage you read along with us read that chapter once every day and let it begin to marinate in your life and i believe as we come through this and as we work through this that god's going to bring about a breakthrough in the hearts and the lives the people that will open up and grab a hold of what he has Now as we look at chapter 1 of the book of Romans, uh, we find off right off the bat, we talked about it last week, that there's an introduction. Paul takes the time to to share with the people of Rome, the church in Rome, who he is and and his desires for them. And then he begins to touch on two vitally important topics, and that's where I want to rest this morning in this message. Our text is Romans chapter 1, verse 6. And he says this, and you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. Now, if you hear nothing else this morning, hear this, you are called to be included into those that God has chosen. Let me say it again. You are included in those that God has chosen. I said it last week, but let me say it again. You are not defined by who you were. You are defined by whose you are. If you've given your life to Christ, you're a a brand new person. That old lifestyle is gone, that old behavior is gone, that old reputation is gone, and suddenly a new creation has been set in motion. The old life is no longer there, but the new life in Christ is shining through. It's time, listen carefully, it's time to begin to walk in the victory that we've been given. Because of Christ you're not defined by who you were you're defined by whose you are God has chosen you in fact look at your neighbor this morning and say God has chosen you each and every one of you in this room today every one of you that are watching online listen carefully God has chosen you. He sees you where you are. In fact, I prepared this message a couple of weeks ago, and as I'm writing these words and preparing this, this um, sermon, God began to speaking into my life and told me to write this. There is someone here today that needs to hear this. You feel abandoned. You feel unwanted. But know this. God has chosen you. Two weeks ago when I put this together, God shared with me there's gonna be somebody in the house today, there's gonna be somebody watching online today that feels all alone, that feels uh, separated, that feels invisible. You're thinking to yourself, no one cares about me. No one looks after me. No one sees my problems. But i want you to know that god sees you right where you are he's identified you he's called you by name today i want to dive into two different lifestyle options that paul gives us gives to the people of rome but also gives to us Today we're going to process through this together. Two lifestyle choices. Take really good notes today. You got your paper outlines. You've got the Uversion app. You got the church app. Numerous ways to take notes. Number one is this: a lifestyle that honors God. A lifestyle that honors God. Let me start by saying this: this is the best lifestyle choice you can make. A lifestyle that honors God. Not allowing the distractions of the world to, to cover you up, but to look after God. But here's the problem. Since the very beginning of time with Adam and Eve, sin into the world. But because of the choice that two people made, Adam and Eve, because of the choice to allow sin to be part of their lives and ultimately now part of our lives, we have a choice to make. Will I choose to honor God? Will I choose to follow after him or not? Joshua talked about it in Joshua 24. He says, choose today whom you will serve. Who is it going to be? We talked about this in great detail on June the 6th, but today there are still those of you in the room, there are still those that are watching online that you've got this struggle continuously stirring around in your life. What do I do What do I choose? How do I get there? You may even be saying to yourself and saying to me, Pastor, I want to choose God. I want to follow after God. But the battle is just too hard. The struggle is real. Paul lays it out very clear in chapter 1 of the book of Romans. He says all humanity is trapped in sin it's what we run to it's it's our fleshly nature it's it's what we know so what do we do if we're trapped in sin if if it's really where we hang out what do we do do we just throw in the towel do we just give up no why because jesus has given us a way out this life of sin this trap of sin jesus said i've got a better way for you listen carefully you find yourself continuously running to that struggle and you're looking for a breakthrough i want you to know that jesus has made a better way for you the choice is yours we're going to talk more about that in the weeks to come but many that were in the church of rome like many of you have chosen to live a life that honors God. And your actions represent that. Your actions prove that to the world around you. In fact, look what Paul says to the church in Rome in verse 8. He says, let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world that's an encouraging statement that's an incredible testimony that their lives are reflecting the life that they claim to have truth be told that's what we're instructed to do as believers We're instructed, we're called by God to be a representative for Jesus Christ. We're called by God to shine bright amongst the darkness of the world. Paul says, people are talking about your lifestyle all over the place. Everyone I talk to, everywhere I go, every conversation I have, people are saying, have you heard about the people in Rome? Man, the life that they live, the representation of Jesus Christ. And I wonder, what are people saying about you? Are people saying, man, I can't believe those people at Encounter Church, they're representing Jesus, straight up representing the King of Kings and Lord of Lords by the words that they say, by the encouragement that they give, by what they have to offer. They're shining bright. Their their life is consistent. Are they seeing a consistent life of Christ in you, or do you find yourself turning that switch, making a, a change, when you walk out these doors and you allow yourself to become a cultural chameleon. Again, let me me ask that. Are they seeing consistency in your life as a Christian, as a, a Christ follower? Would Paul call you out today and say, man, I thank my God above for you? Because everybody I talk to, everywhere I go, they're saying, man, so-and-so, fill in the blank, whoever you are, they live a life that represents Christ. Or do we turn a switch, take off a mask or put on a mask, whatever the case may be, and become a cultural chameleon? Molding into what the culture desires and wants. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Don't be conformed by the world. Offer yourselves to God. Surrender yourselves to him as a living sacrifice. And don't be conformed by the world. Don't let them mold you and shape you, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind from the innermost part of your being. Let God begin to do a work. And can I just tell you, if you begin to, to let God do the work on the inside, soon you're going to see a change on the outside. Oh, but oftentimes what do we say? Well, pastor, I just speak my mind because that's how I always am. That's how my family, that's how mama was. That's how my dad was. That's just how we're wired, pastor. We just speak our... No, that doesn't give you a reason to be a jerk. That's not an excuse. You are a new creation. You're adopted into a new family. I don't care what your heritage was. I don't care what life BC, before Christ was. What I'm wondering is, what are you doing with this relationship, this connection with Jesus Christ? Are you shining bright for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords? Are you representing Him? Or have you become somebody's excuse not to follow Christ? Have you become somebody's excuse? tell you way too often I hear people say well I don't go to church because I was hurt by somebody in church man it's time for the church it's time for the Christian to truly take upon the nature of what it means to be a Christian you see originally the word Christian was a derogatory term They were looking at the followers of Christ and saying, oh, look at you, a little Christian. In other words, look at you, a little Christ. Man, I want somebody to say that about me. Look at that, a little Christ. Come on. But too often they go, oh, you're a Christian? Are we shining bright for the kingdom of God? Paul lays out three challenges for the church, for three opportunities that are laid in our path. And I don't wonder are we willing to grab a hold of them. Number one is this. Pray for an opportunity. Pray for an opportunity. Romans chapter 1, verse 10, Paul says this. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity. Now, for Paul in this moment, the opportunity that he was mentioning, that he was talking about, was an opportunity to go to Rome, to meet them in person, because remember, many of them had never met him. Oh, they had heard about Paul, his reputation had already come to them, and they know about Paul, but they had never met him, and Paul has a desire to see them in person. But here's my question for you, Are you looking, are you praying for an opportunity to be used by God? Paul says, I pray. One thing that I pray about all the time is an opportunity to come to you. Why did Paul want to go to them? Because he wanted to speak into their lives. He wanted to pour into their lives. He wanted to be used in a moment, in an opportunity for the things of God, for the kingdom of God, and I wonder about us. Or are we just satisfied coming in and sitting in our seat as a happy little family, clapping our hands periodically and raising our hands, standing up, sitting down, listening and exiting the door? I want to challenge you. Would you pray for an opportunity? As a representative for Jesus Christ, we should look for and ask for an opportunity inside the church, but also outside the church, to be used by God. Maybe that opportunity is simply to be a support for somebody in need. Maybe it's to pray for that friend that's going through a hard time. Maybe it's simply to be an example of Jesus Christ, the hands and the feet and the voice of Almighty God whatever that opportunity is I want to challenge you today to begin to give yourself to God and in return say Lord this week give me an opportunity to be used for you give me an opportunity to be used for you can can i warn you on something though <laughs> if you ask god to give you an opportunity when he gives you that opportunity because that's going to happen Amen. be willing to follow through with it i can just see it you're mid walmart and somebody comes up to you and You're like, hey, how are things going? Well, not so good. They begin to tell you their story, and they're just broken. And and God says, pray for them right now. And, And you're like, oh, that's not the opportunity I was looking for. No, no, no. That's the opportunity. That's the moment that God's setting up for you. Look for the opportunity. Ask for the opportunity. And then follow through with what God lays before you. I'm telling you guys, you begin to be used by God, you begin to step out for God, you begin to share the good news of Christ, you begin to invite them to church, guess what? They're gonna show up! God's gonna begin to move, maybe not this week, maybe not next week, but keep planting that seed, keep watering that soil, keep fertilizing, and watch God cause the increase. But we've got to make ourselves available for him. The first challenge is pray for an opportunity. The second is this. Begin to be an encourager. Listen carefully. Way too many Christians are cranky negative people. Right? We all know them, and if you don't know them, guess what? You might be them. (laughs) We're so quick to points. Oh, I can't believe they did that. (laughs) Why not be that encourager that says, you know what? God's got better things for you. Let Let me walk side by side with you through this. Let me help you in this moment. Rather than being that one that tears down, that causes division, that causes destruction in that person's life, why not begin to be an encourager? Paul says this in verse 12, when we get together, in other words, when I get to Rome, when when I'm in your presence, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want to encourage you, but I want to be encouraged by you as well. Over and over in the Bible, we are instructed to be an encourager of one another, to walk by side, side by side with one another in faith, to be the one that shows the love of God in and through our daily lives. And again, a question I have, would others consider you an encourager or a discourager? You see, Ephesians chapter four says it this way. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful. Let everything you say, everything you say. Are we grabbing a hold of that? Say that with me. Everything you say. Look at your neighbor. Say everything. Look at the person on the other side and say everything. Let everything you say, there's no exclusion. There's nothing left out. There's not a footnote that says, except for this moment, except for that moment. It's not like those medication commercials where they talk really fast and there's like a list of things. No, 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 no. He says, let everything, all inclusive, everything that comes out of your mouth, every word that comes out of your mouth. Why? Because what comes out of your mouth begins in your hearts. And if Christ is in your hearts... If you've truly surrendered to him, if you've allowed him to transform you and to renew you, if you've allowed the Holy Spirit to produce something new in you of love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness, gentleness and self-control, and you allow that to begin to grow and you allow that to begin to mature, suddenly it's going to begin to come out and those words that come out of your mouth are going to be encouraging words, words that represent Christ. But if we fail, if we fail to fertilize and grow and mature that nature that Christ has placed inside of us. Guess what's going to come out? The old nature. A nature that doesn't represent Jesus Christ. What are you feeding today? What are you nurturing today? Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement. Encouragement. Those of you that are watching online, in the comments right now, put hashtag encouragement. Come on. Be an encouragement to those who hear them. We gotta take this challenge that Paul lays out for us, and if needed, we need to make an adjustment to the words that we speak. Think back to this last week. Were more of your words encouraging or were more of the words discouraging? Well, 25% discouraging, well, that's, that's okay, but it's not everything. You know, we gotta do the best we can. We gotta press forward and give it to God. Maybe the discouraging words that you're speaking are directed to people around you. Maybe people are speaking discouraging words to you. Maybe you're speaking discouraging words to yourself. You'll never improve, you'll never get better. It's time to begin to make changes. Surround yourself with Christian believers that speak encouragement into your life. And by the way, if if those that you associate with on a regular basis are discouraging, change your atmosphere, right? Paul said, I've gotta change my atmosphere. I'm praying for an opportunity to come to you. I wanna be with you in person. And when I get there, when I get to your presence, when I change the atmosphere and I come into where you are, I'm gonna speak words of encouragement to you, but I want you to speak words of encouragement back to me. I can't tell you how many times I hear church folk say things like, well, I'll tell you what, no one ever says hi to me on a Sunday morning. No one ever talks to me. No one ever encourages me. No one ever calls me when I'm missing. I'm wondering, how many people have you talked to? How many phone calls have you made? Because Paul says it's a two-way street. Wow, that was really quiet. <laughs> Paul says, man, I'm going to encourage, but, but you've got to encourage back. I need you, and, and you need me. Somebody's got to start this. Are we willing to be the hands and feet of Christ here and out there or not? It's continually pouring, a continual pouring in of discouragement will eventually destroy your life. And that includes self-discouragements. I want to encourage you to be an encourager of self and of one another. The third thing that Paul says is this, accept the burden of obligation. We've gotta pray for an opportunity, we've gotta begin to be an encourager, and number three, accept the burden of obligation. Now this is where many of us check out. Why, because we're so busy with our life that we don't wanna be bothered with or burdened by, anything else or anyone else. But Paul says, I accept this obligation. I accept this burden for people that are lost without Jesus Christ, for people that are struggling. I accept this responsibility or this burden for my fellow Christians. In fact, if he was here today, he would probably call you by name. I accept the responsibility For you, and 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 you, to speak into your life, to be that source for you. Why? Because God has called me to reach beyond myself into those around me. He's taking this charge by God very seriously. Romans chapter 1, verse 14, he says this, for I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and the uneducated alike. Why does he have this sense of obligation? Because this is the heart of God, right? God saw such an obligation to pour into our lives that he did what? He sent Jesus to die on the cross. He saw the need and said, you know what? The only answer is Jesus' death on the cross. God so loved the world, he sent Jesus. God desires that no one miss the opportunity for a life change. In fact, if you remember, uh, prior to uh, Jesus' crucifixion, he was coming into Jerusalem, riding on a donkey, and the Bible says as he approached the city, he paused at the edge of town and began to weep for the city. It doesn't say he began to weep because he knew that his death was inevitable, that it was going to happen. But the Bible says he began to weep because he knew those that were broken and lost without Christ, without God, without a relationship with him. And I wonder, what are we doing? Have we accepted that form of obligation when you pull into your workplace do you sense a burden for your coworkers? when you pull into the grocery store do you sense a burden for those that are in there when you go to the donut shop do you have a burden for that person that gives you that donut every Monday or Tuesday morning what, what are we choosing to do we've got to reach them at all costs we've got to invite them we've got to pray for them we've got to share god's love with them we've got to bring them with us to church we've got to give in our tithe and our missions the list goes on and on we've got to take the mission of god and make it our number one priority yeah paul talks about another lifestyle You see, this first one is the one that we want to talk about here because it's the one that we think and we believe is the right one, which it is. But he says there's also this second lifestyle opportunity, and it's a lifestyle that dishonors God. He lays it out very clear that humanity is lost and ultimately stuck in this cycle of sin and destruction. Truth be told, The choice is either choose Jesus or reject Jesus. There's nothing in between. Can I just be completely honest with you? Coming to church every week, putting on a a Sunday morning smile, and living like the devil the rest of the week isn't going to cut it. not you're playing games you're just toying with all of this either you're hot or you're cold either it's Jesus or it's not it's nothing in between it's not well I'll play I'll play the circuit on Sunday everything will be great and throughout the week I'll just do what I want but I'll be back on Sunday you better hope that Jesus doesn't recur return on Tuesday you might have a problem Romans chapter 1, verse 21. Paul says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. We're beginning to see this In our culture. Here in the United States, a nation that that once declared to be a godly nation is now a a nation that knows the things of God. We know the things of God, but we begin to make foolish choices and, and our own foolish ideas of what God is like, and suddenly everything is distorted and even perverted. We take the nature of who God is and we Craft it to what we want it to be. Matthew chapter 6, verse 23 says it this way And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. I believe this is one of the saddest scriptures in the Bible because it's saying, you think you're on the right path, you think you're doing what's right, but truth be told, you're toying with it all. You've crafted it and molded it and perverted it and you've created your own idea of what it's all like, And, and truth be told, what you have is not light, it's utter darkness. And there's a result, there's a cause and effect of a lifestyle like this. Paul began to share the results of a sin-filled life, a, a sinful lifestyle, and number one is this, he says, God removes his covering. God removes his covering. Now don't misunderstand me, God won't turn his back on you, God is always there for you. But he lifts that hand and he says, choose today. make your own choices do your own foolish things and we find ourselves spiraling quickly well pastor why doesn't god just grab a hold of us and make us go because we have a free will problem is we don't listen to his voice we don't follow the leading and the guiding of the holy spirits The Bible says the Holy Spirit will lead us into all truth. Yeah, we really don't want the truth. We want what pleases us. The Bible is very clear that not everything that, that we can grab a hold of is beneficial for our lives. But if we'll surrender to him, if we'll give it to him. Come on, look at this, Romans chapter one. Talking about these people that are choosing a foolish lifestyle, Paul says, so God abandoned them. He abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies they traded the truth about God for a lie so they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the Creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise Amen. this is what happens when we lose focus this is what happens when we get off course We begin to see self-gain and and self-promotion as the number one priority in life, and suddenly we enter this cycle of downward spiral. No longer is a life of Jesus Christ our number one priority. It's what can I gain from this and what can I gain from that? Let me dabble in this and let me dabble in that. And then Paul goes on to say, not only does God remove his covering, but sin takes full reign in your life. A rapid spiral downward. Verse 29, he says this their lives became full. Look at your neighbor, say full. Overflowing, full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed. Hate, envy, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. And some of you were really good until the end. Look at this. When you allow sin just a corner of your life, soon it will take full reign of who you are. It'll take over your life. It's time to rid yourself of the sin. It's time to rid yourself of the struggle. Jesus tells us in John chapter 10 that the purpose that he came was to give his self for us, to give his life for the redemption of our sin. Why? So that we can live a full life. The problem is we're not living the full life. We're dabbling here and dabbling there and we're wondering why things aren't working. Romans 6, don't you realize that you become a slave to whatever you choose to obey? That's our problem. we become a slave to this life of sin. He says, you can be a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteous living. Talking about people that have become so consumed with sin. They'd full on embraced this sinful life that it's brought them to the place of not only living that life themselves, but now they're encouraging those around them to engage in sinful nature as well Well, pastor that's not me i would never do that no one knows about the sin in my life you give sin a foothold it'll take over your life he says this worse yet they encouraged others to do them too i wonder where do you find your identity today? Would you say that, that you're living a life that honors God? Or you live in a life that dishonors God? I'm not trying to guilt you, I'm just telling you the truth. It's one or the other. You're either honoring God or you're dishonoring God. You're either full on with God or you're playing games. One of the two. Which is it going to be for you? See, if you found yourself just playing games and dishonoring God, today I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a change. And the good news for you is, is Jesus is standing at the door. He's knocking he said, Would you just let me in? The problem is we've got a house full of guests that we don't want Jesus to see. We've already allowed the others a seat at our table. It's time to evict some things out of our lives. It's time to evict them and give it to Jesus. Would you pray with me today?